Audio issues be damned. I still had a lot of fun on uh, on the podcast this past recording. Kim Seals, somebody I used to work with down in uh, Kokomo, Indiana. Talk a little radio, talk a little comedy, a little racing. Indianapolis 500 just happened about an hour or two before we started recording. Also some stuff going on down in Florida. And uh, yeah, she, she used to be a stand-up comedian, so I'll get her thoughts about Ricky Gervais, uh, Dave Chappelle, and just angry people in the audience. But it is, uh, as of this recording, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this even a couple days after, just take the time to recall uh, those who gave all so that you and me can have the freedoms we do and never take for granted those freedoms. After all, if they didn't do what they did, I wouldn't be able to be talking about well, the stupid stuff I do. But again, remember those who gave all, and here we go. From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, thank you very much, Rob Rip. Thank you again. Uh, Mike with you. Kim Seals joining us via interweb down in sunny FLA. How you doing? Good, Mike. Nice to see and chat with you again. Yeah, we used to work down in uh, Kokomo, down at the Radio Ranch. Talk more about that here in a few uh, moments. Uh, quick shout out to uh, Marcus Erickson. I had to I have to tell myself not to call him Scott Erickson because that's like a pitcher for the uh, Twins back in the day. Uh, but uh, uh, Marcus <laughs> almost did it. Marcus Erickson, first time winner of the uh, Indianapolis 500. Uh, very, very competitive race at the end, even though there was a it was kind of a weird race because there's there was no multi vehicle wrecks. It was like five or six spin outs. Uh, nothing too uh, horrific, but uh, some frustration. And uh, Scott Dixon, uh, once again, not a multi-winner because uh, he had that penalty in the pits. But uh, pretty intriguing race overall, I thought. You saw you saw and a little I, bit of that? Yeah, I did. It was pretty cool and a very clean race, like you said, overall. Very fast. I was amazed how quickly he got over. But what I was impressed with, with uh, Erickson, his uh, pouring and drinking of the milk. Very, very glamorous, I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe that becomes a, a meme here uh, later yeah. on, you know. <laughs> but uh, f- 500 uh, looked pretty good. I, I really enjoyed last year's uh, when uh, uh, Elio won. In fact, a uh, little inside baseball uh, for the better part of a year during uh, these fill-in-the-blank times. I, I, I didn't watch any sports or any live events because – even the Colts. I mean, I love the Colts, but uh, I, I missed out on that season, and it was Philip Rivers, so who cares? Um, but like, it just when you would see empty stands and piped in noise, you're like, okay, this isn't a live event. I did watch the 500 that was closed off, and that was all right. I think Sato won that one, but uh, when Ilya won fourth, his fourth last year, and there was fans back in the stands, uh, pretty emotional stuff, I thought, and. Uh, I really love the fact that there are fans back in the scenes for a lot of live, a lot of live, live events. 
Yeah, because it just seemed odd, you know, having cardboard cutouts of people in the stands was very weird. But, yeah, it was uh, always exciting being from Indiana. It's always fun to watch or listen to it and be a part of it, whether I was there or not. But the only thing this year I missed, and I, I guess I didn't miss anything, was in talking about who sang Back Home Again in Indiana. I heard it sucked. <laughs> uh, really? Is that oh. the one that... Uh, Jim Cor- uh, Cornelius, I think. Uh, I thought, you know, in the years past, was it the same guy? Because, well, what was the one? Isn't that what Jim Neighbors always used to sing? Jim and Neighbors did. He passed away. Right. Um, right. I, uh, I think with uh, his replacement, you know, he's uh, he does it, uh, thus national anthem for the Blackhawks, if I'm not mistaken, oh. up in Chicago. I didn't see and it. He got, but he's I, got I, a good singing voice. Maybe uh, the, the person who thought he sucked was kind of a, you know, team Neighbors guy. Yeah, I don't know, but it but it hasn't the same guy done it for the last few years after Jim Neighbors passed or no? Yeah, I, I think okay. I think the prerequisite is like a you have to be good at singing it and b uh, your name has to be Jim. So. Okay, well, yeah, well then I okay I may have missed understood because I saw a few people posting on Facebook and God knows that's breaking news, but um yeah right. I thought they were like not so maybe they were saying it was good and I misunderstood because I know when I last time I was there and he sang it's the same guy I thought he did great I mean yeah he's not Jim Neighbors but hey he's close so. right. Yeah. Uh, the, the only travesty singing wise with the 500 was actually uh, the first time I ever went to the race years back. This was the uh, I actually got to sneak in as part of the balloon crew, you know, when they used to release the balloons up and stuff. Um, and uh, we were there. That, that was the first year Elia won. And I was also the uh, infamous year where Steven Tyler of Aerosmith sang oh, the national anthem yeah. and, he, and, he the and the home. Oh, the Indianapolis 500, yeah, baby! Yeah, and we all just yeah. kind of stopped looking at each other and went, yeah. no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awful. And now he's in rehab again. So there you go. Yeah, it's all it's all uh, full circle. But, uh, but anyway, <laughs> congratulations, uh, Marcus Erickson. You're a uh, winner of the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. And uh, a little bit richer today. But uh, Kim, we go from uh, Jim's and Marcus's to Kim. Uh, we used to work down in uh, Kokomo together, Z92.5. Uh, you, you were down the hall afternoons. I was on the rock station. You did promotions for both stations. And uh, uh, you had a pretty good run in radio, too, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, I think total I had 15 years that I did radio and uh, mostly country, but enjoyed my time in Kokomo, was in Lafayette for a while and Bloomington and Columbus as well, all in Indiana. But yeah, I always enjoyed it. You know, radio is fun. It's changed, obviously, over the years from the time mm-hmm. I started out, which was, gosh, back in like 1990. So I'm dating myself now. But um, yeah, I liked it and I always enjoyed working with you guys and Rob Roop as well. So yeah, we, we had a good run in Kokomo. So yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, um, I did uh, now it, in we were kind of remarking off air about how different it is now. And after I parted company and I'm parsing the words here last year, uh, I was privy to an uh, an online survey of uh, radio talent from a consulting group that was pretty prestigious in the industry. And five years ago, they would ask about how much time you put into show prep and things like that. Five years ago, they would ask this. This survey was asking for the same company, uh, how much time do you spend voice tracking and how much time do you put into putting out TikTok videos? And, uh, you know, you, you really you really can't plan for being stupid on the Internet when it comes to TikTok videos. You just have to be an idiot to uh, put out a TikTok video, I think. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's I sp- I can say I spend way too much time watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better them than you. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was just it was just kind of one of those things where you when I saw that survey, it's just like, yeah, it's it's changed that much. Um, and I and I'd rather you know just put the effort into, you know, putting together my own little thing here. Um, now uh, something that kind of hit me hard uh, just a few days ago uh, was the passing of one Ray Liotta. Um, you know, uh, 67 years old. Uh, Hat, Hat was in some movies like Field of Dreams, uh, let's see, Copland, uh, Hannibal, the the brain eating his own brain. That scene, remember that? That was wow. that was kid friendly. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think his biggest role was as Henry Hill in Goodfellas mm-hmm. back in 1990, the Martin Scorsese film, and that was just that that was kind of like a coming of age movie for me when I first saw that. You know. Yeah, and I, you know, I watched. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was a couple of years back that Shades of Blue that he starred with Jennifer Lopez. I really liked on TV? it. Yeah, yeah, it was on TV, and it was a really good. I mean, J Lo, you know, she's a good actress. He was. I just thought the dynamic, the storyline. I really liked it. I, I think it only made it a couple seasons, but I thought it was really good. That's the last thing I saw him in. So. Yeah, and he was he was still active. I mean, I guess he died in his sleep down in the Dominican Republic. He was working on a movie down there. So it wasn't like uh, it's not like one of those situations mm-hmm. where somebody is kind of hiding and, uh, you know, they know they're in ill health and, you know, just, you know, right. spending their last few years quietly. It was just like, hey, I'm, I'm going off to my next gig. And unfortunately, he died. Yeah. But I think we haven't we haven't heard why yet. Right. I guess they'll do an autopsy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, it was uh, probably the same people that got Bob Saget or something. Uh, Should be. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't want yeah. that to be a conspiracy yeah. theory. Uh, but, but like when I say coming of age, uh, Goodfellas to me was the first rated R movie unedited I was allowed to watch Ooh. as a kid. I, I think I was like 14 at the time. My parents were like, okay, you can watch it. I mean, it's rated R, but you can't say any of the language in there. And I don't think they had any illusions of me joining the mafia in Indiana. So there was that. Well, you never um, know. We we do have some uh, shadiness in Terre Haute. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, but uh, but what was the what was the one uh, movie the one uh, taboo movie I guess you were allowed to watch? Well, I can day? say I, I wanted to see Porky's, but my parents wouldn't let me. I to this day have never seen Porky's. You've never seen Porky's? Me. Nope. I got to do it. I got to do it. Oh my yeah. God! I I've seen it once, and there's uh, the shower scene. Uh, I could kind I could kind of understand why they wouldn't want yeah. you to see. Well, I remember I've seen clips of it over the year, you know, with pop right. culture and talking about things. But I remember when it came out, I wanted to see it. My dad said no go. I'm trying to think what the first rated R movie was. I mean, I wanted to see Blue Lagoon. They wouldn't let me see that. Um, that was rated R. I don't I don't know if it was or not, but they wouldn't let me see it, so it must have been too far gone. I don't know. Um, boy, what was the first one? Because all the ones I can think of were like PG and PG 13. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think about that, but yeah. Hmm. Right. Yeah, no, it was, but uh, that was, that was like I said, uh, Goodfellas was uh, that movie for me. But like, I, I would remember growing up, you know, on cable, if my parents were asleep or I was trying to, I'm at a friend's house and you'd sneak a peek at a random rated R movie where the F bomb's getting used and there's a boob and all this other oh, stuff yeah. going on. You're like, oh, this is cool. And then like 20, 30 years later, you're an adult, <laughs> you see the same movie and you go, yeah, that was a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But no, no, because I can remember growing up seeing like Grease and Star Wars, you know, and all right. those. But those weren't rated R. So yeah, I think about yeah. that. You you remember Weston Lee, right? 
Weston Lee. Yeah, because like I guess because I don't know if like you guys were like ships in the night passing by because I know you had your stint in Kokomo and he he was on a couple times, but I talked to him a few weeks ago and he still has never seen a single Star Wars. I think he saw like five minutes of Episode One and I think that was his Get first out. Mistake. Yeah. Wow. I'm so, it's yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to avoid Star Wars because it's like everywhere, but he's found a way. And it's surprising because wow. he's not Amish. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, that would be my next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And wow. you'd have to be you'd have to be Amish to not know who like uh, Dave Chappelle or Ricky Gervais is. Now, I, oh, I know yeah. you've done some stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. This is right? true. And uh, not everything is for everybody, but like Chappelle kind of uh, found his way in the headlines again when the the, the crazy guy uh, charged yeah. at him in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago. And then uh, Ricky Gervais just dropped a special on Netflix. Uh, I still haven't seen it yet, but uh, uh, he had some trans jokes and uh, a lot of people got upset about that. Uh, but but he even said during the special that he's for trans rights. And he was just, he's making jokes about it. That's the thing. He's like, I don't think he's out of his way trying to be a jerk or, you know, a bigger thing, but he's making jokes and they're still upset. People are still upset. I mean, what what roadblocks have you run into when yeah. it comes to comedy? Well, and you know, just to talk about Ricky, I mean, I think Ricky is a genius. He's brilliant. I thought he's so funny. Like when he's hosted, what was it, the Oscars that one year? And uh, he yeah. just, you know, to me... He's great because he'll take the shots that a lot of people watching want to say, but you got a lot of these ones that are politically correct or whatever, and they won't say it or don't want to pick on Tom Hanks or you know whoever. And he does. He, he takes the risk. And as a comedian, you've got to push that envelope to be edgy and to be funny. Um, I don't know. You know, I always worried about hecklers. You know, that's one of those things I was always worried about. I didn't want. And now, like what with what happened with Will Smith and, the, you know, that whole mess with um Chris Rock, those are the kind of things that would be my biggest fear is that you tell a joke, you're just trying to do what you're up there to do, make mm. people laugh and, and make fun of things and whatever the case may be. And for someone to just get so bent uh, and then to rush the stage and then like with Dave Chappelle, I mean, that's just that's to me is crazy. Um, yeah. You know, the whole idea of comedy is to be able to laugh at, at whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I mean, one of the first things they teach you in, in learning stand up comedy is you're looking at how you can make fun of yourself. You know, you self-deprecating is the first thing you do when you come on stage to get, if, if you're an unknown, to get the crowd to be comfortable with you. And and then once you picked on yourself, hey, you, you can pick on anything. But so for people to get bent about all these things, like you said, comedy, whatever, that material may not be for everybody, but I, I just I just can't believe people can't laugh at everything anymore. It's ridiculous. And you brought up self-deprecation. I think that when you're able to do that, you know, point out a flaw about yourself, and there might be somebody in the audience that's like, "Oh, hell, that's me." I mean, that's that's a big relatable. That's a, that's also uh, that's also kind of like a radio 101 type of thing. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it just I don't I don't get it. I mean, anymore people, you just can't say anything, and that's kind of on one hand where I got out of doing comedy because you and even radio. I felt like, my gosh, you know, because we used to make jokes on air all the time. You're always worried, like this day and age, that you're going to, to upset somebody. And it, it's just it's not worth that grief when you're just trying to have fun. And I mean, yeah. look at Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, if you look back at some of the old Seinfeld episodes from back then, oh, my gosh, he probably couldn't do that today. But they were hysterical. And overall, it was really clean comedy. So yeah. maybe adult material. But I just I just don't understand why things like that aren't acceptable anymore. Maybe I'm too old school. I don't know. 
No. Well, you know, but Seinfeld, I mean, it's kind of weird because Seinfeld had kind of a clean approach. But there was also that thing like with the show, they would do adult humor, like with the the contest. That's obviously about sexual prowess, sexual, right. you know, desire. You're making a bet about how long you can withstand. And they're they're talking in code. But everybody watching the damn episode knows what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. And uh, that, that when I first got on here in Fort Wayne, when I was working with Toledo as my PD, he would go, you could talk about anything you want, but picture a three-year-old walking into the room as you're talking about it. And you're like, what, what? And the thinking is if you're talking, if two guys are sitting there talking about a strip club and one of their kids walks in, you kind of have to code things. You can't right. get graphic because kids are parents. They'll tell mom and you'll get in trouble or mm-hmm. some, you know, Ninny, who doesn't have a sense of humor, will find out and call the FCC or sponsors or something like that. And it's just not as fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and that's just it, too. Well, yeah, it, it's always, um, you know, you got to be careful what you say. But at the same time, a lot of stuff goes over kids' heads if they're depending on the age. But like mm-hmm. you said, talking in code. But, yeah, we used to kind of always, even with news, uh, when I used to write news and report that, it was the idea was dumb it down to an eighth grade uh, even educational level. So that's kind of the opposite spectrum in talking, but writing, you know, in layman's terms, but with comedy. Yeah, I would think, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. That's why on one hand, I don't miss doing stand up or being in radio because I didn't want to have to worry all the time about this joke. Oh my God, who am I going to upset? You know, I right. mean, I make a joke about growing up. I always wanted to be a stripper or a fireman. <laughs> I couldn't decide, did I want to be a stripper or a fireman? And uh, and now I wonder, would that upset anybody? But the joke of it is, if I can remember it right, I said, you know, growing up, I was always torn. Did I want to be a stripper or a fireman? I couldn't decide because I like the idea of working my way up the ladder and or no, say sliding down poles and working my way up the ladder by being good with a hose. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. A lot, a lot. A lot of moving uh, parts of that punchline, so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but just like that, I mean, you'd have to be an adult to get it. You know what I mean? I mean, kids aren't, oh, firemen, poles, hose, they don't, you know, again, like you said, talking in code. Right. Now, but, yeah, and I also understand that, I mean, it's, it's just, for comedy to work, you have to understand that some people are going to be uncomfortable with things to talk about. But, like, you telling a joke. Uh, was there ever a subject you felt, okay, I, because like with, with uh, Chappelle and Gervais and, and uh, Bill Burr and the like, I mean, they, they kind of come off as on PC, but that's the appeal. But even like a guy like Mel Brooks, when he was making Blazing Saddles, oh, wow, yeah. uh, the the, uh, the gallows scene where Sheriff, uh, who, who would become Sheriff, Bart, you know, uh, he never... Uh, Mel Brooks said in an interview he was never going to put his head in the noose. He would tell a few jokes about it and make it seem dark. But because he was in World War II, because he was a Jew and because of uh, of uh, the Holocaust, you know, he didn't want to go that far down the hole. So even Blazing Saddles, as weird as it sounds, <laughs> had, its, had its limits because Mel Brooks was uncomfortable with some things. 
Yeah, I, um, you know, my sets were always fairly clean, even though it was adult material. I can remember when I was training and writing and learning to do stand up, they would always say, you know, you got to be able to do a clean 15 before you can do a dirty 30. And so just always, uh, you know, because some people you can get up on stage and, you you know, they just start dropping the F-bomb because it makes it funny of people drinking. And, and that yeah. was never my style. I was never comfortable and with cussing on stage. And the reason was because in radio, you're your training is always when you got a mic in hand, always assume it's hot. So you never yes. cussed when there's a mic in hand. So then to go on stage and do comedy with a, a mic in my hand, a live mic, I wasn't comfortable because I went to, I did a comedy set one night in the outside of Nashville in a place called the Rusty Nail. And uh, everybody there, it seemed like I never got very many laughs because I wasn't dirty enough. So one night I decided, okay, I'm going to try and be a little more racy, if you will, and and drop the F-bomb and all that. And I just hated it. It wasn't comfortable for me. It was not my style. Now, I did adult material, absolutely. But I just couldn't cuss. Uh, Just, I mean, to drop, you know, a few things here and there. But the F-bomb, it just, you know, it wasn't my style. Um, Didn't work for me. Right. Now. In, I talked about this with a couple of rock stars uh, years back. What a, th- there are a few guys who are frontmen for bands like uh, Foo Fighters, Dave, Dave Grohl, or Dave Draymond of Disturbed, who can get away with me saying the f bomb. But like every now and again, you get these young rock guys are like, "How the f is everybody doing here?" And effing blah 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 blah. F yeah, f yeah, f yeah. F, and I'm just sitting there going. Look, I say the F-bomb, too. But, you know, this isn't exactly shocking. Just just play the damn guitar, dude. Just sing. Yeah. Just just calm down. Everything will work itself out. Yeah, it's and the it- overuse of it. You know, and it's funny you say that because last night I was at uh, Margarita Fest in Tampa. And it was an all-day music festival. I got there and I saw Elle King. Um, and she was good, sounded good. She got a couple songs I really like. But when yeah. she was talking, the audience, she, same thing, she was saying it the F word way too many times and trying to be funny and relatable and talking about, yeah, let's drink some F and whiskey. And uh, and she just kept on. I'm like, same thing. It's like, look, I'm not a prude, but it's like, you're, and yeah. the kids, well, no, there weren't because everybody's 21 and over, but still it was just too, it was too much, you know, and it, we were waiting yeah. for Skinner and Skinner was amazing. It was great, but I, I didn't even hear them drop the F bomb one time. They didn't have to, you know, you don't have to. I think people use it as a crutch. And to me, it's not a good one when it comes to comedy. Yeah, kind of spoil spoil stuff sometimes. Now, uh, yeah. speaking of spoiled, um, and I and I know because you know, uh, messaged you a, a day or two back that you you don't watch Better Call Saul. Uh, no, I, I've heard I, great I, things. Yeah, but I, oh, I yeah, don't. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, great comedian, and uh, he's yeah. uh, veered off into the dramatic. You know, he's been involved with Breaking Bad and the spinoff, mm-hmm. which is kind of uh, kind of the Frasier to Breaking Bad's Cheers, only more methy. Um, <laughs> I. He kind of sort of got in trouble because right now they're on hiatus before the final six episodes, uh, July 11th on AMC free plug. And uh, basically, I think this was like a year ago, uh, Patrick Fabian, who play, who plays kind of the antagonist. It's, there's going to be spoilers, everybody. So if you haven't seen it yet, pause this. Go watch Earmuffs. it. <laughs> but uh, Patrick Fabian and him... Uh, and uh, actress Rhea Seahorn all live in the same house in Albuquerque when they're filming, but they're ad- an- antagonists, but friends off a- off camera, right? And I guess on uh, Twitter or Facebook a year ago, uh, Bob posted a picture of him and Patrick standing next to each other, and he 
and Bob just says, happy birthday, buddy, right? What no? What happens in this previous episode, Patrick Fabian's character gets killed by a psycho by the name of Lalo. And I guess this was, the picture was taken right after that scene was filmed because his blonde hair is kind of sticking out and there's tips of red. But you don't really see it until you stop and look at it. And Bob had to apologize because he may have inadvertently spoiled this for some people online. And uh, it got me thinking, you know, it, it's kind of weird when the star spoils the show. Um, I was shocked because I don't really follow him on Twitter. But, I mean, was there ever a moment uh, television or movie wise that could have been great for you if somebody had just kept their effing mouth shut? <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Off the top of my head. Because um, I've always been, you know, well, actually, no, I'm trying to think. Because I was watching Ozark, Yellowstone. I'm trying to think of the ones I've caught up just recently. But back right. years ago, again, I still don't know what happened to Porky. So <laughs> you can spoil that <laughs> for me. You know, I don't There's know. There's a hole. That's all you yes. know. I know, yeah. I, you know, I... <laughs> I don't know, because, I mean, I've always been pretty up when back. I watched a lot more TV years ago than I do now. But, yeah, I was always watching it, you know, right when it was was live. Right. And, you know, you tape stuff. Of course, I could talk about Young of the Restless spoilers, but that's so boring. Can't even deal with that now. Thank God I weaned myself off of soap operas years ago because you talk about a waste of time. Ugh. So, yeah. Those were ones that I think my mom and I had some friends that spoiled some stuff for us with Young and the Restless. But. Ugh, what, what, yeah. I need to ask my mom about that because she used to be, uh, she's retired now, but she used to be a hardcore General Hospital fan. Yeah. And like, there used to be like, you know, maybe 12, 15 soap operas on at one point. Now there's like three maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they kept waiting them all because I know back with like General Hospital, you had the whole big Luke and Laura. That was a big deal. Like I said, I always watched all the CBS ones. You had Young and the Restless, Bold and Beautiful as the World Turns, and Guiding Light. And then they just started changing, you know, and dropping them and ending them. And, um, yeah, I don't know. All My Children was a big one. I never watched that one. But, yeah, I just, um, you know, it's just, they were it's so stupid. I'm just so glad I yeah. weaned myself years ago. <laughs> now you, you, uh, see, I've only watched two episodes so far of Ozark. I'm trying to get into it, but it's kind of oh, hard to do because man. it's not something – you know, the first two I've seen, I've, I've watched two over the course of two weeks. I can't really binge watch like I used to because everything I want to watch, I can't in front of certain company nowadays. Sure. Yeah. I don't want name, nameless. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get it. It's good. I, I uh, am totally caught up on it. I It's very intense to me. The writing, the characters really developed. And the thing is, is it moves pretty quickly. It's certainly not slow. To me, yeah. it always something catches you off guard. Um, I, I just uh, and the gal, uh, Julia Garner, who plays Ruth Langmore, you know, she went she's a graduate of IU. So it's pretty oh. cool. Um, but, yeah, there's that Indiana connection. But, yeah, it's just to me, I, I loved it. It's 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 pretty rough for sure. But uh, I thought it was very well done. It's just very intense. And, um, yeah, right. just is it Jason Bateman. Yeah, he's amazing. Very good. And did a lot of directing. I didn't realize that till I finished watching it. But he's very good. Yeah, he, uh, he hasn't done anything to spoil the show, has he? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I don't follow him on Twitter either, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. Now, um, Florida, from what I've read on blogs, is a tourist spot. 
Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, you got this crazy thing called the sun. Uh, you also have the beach. Um, and you guys, you guys seem to be doing all right post-COVID. Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, we never really shut down here. I mean, yeah, we had uh, there for a while when things were really bad. Um, you know, things, a lot of businesses were shut down. But as a whole, uh, Florida tried to really stay open. I mean, people... You know, again, the weather here is, is good, relatively good year round. And we're right on the Gulf. I'm south of Tampa, north of Fort Myers. So it's a beautiful area. But, yeah. um, you know, it's like anything else. You have your pros and cons of any place. I mean, you know, like Indiana, there's a lot of things about Indiana I still love. But, you know, you have the tornadoes and people would argue, well, you have the hurricanes here. True. But we always have warning when a hurricane is coming up. Plenty of time <laughs> to pack up your crap and get north. But or just yeah. batten down the hatches and hope for the best and stock up on liquor. So, you know, it works out. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys, you guys managed to COVID. Uh, Monkeypox, I guess, is the latest fashionable disease. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think we have much to worry about with monkeypox because they say if you've got the smallpox vaccine, you should be good. And it's more of a touch virus than it is airborne. And they. Well, and what, isn't it they're saying it has something to do with coming from rodents and rats? Where why is the name monkey coming into play? I don't understand. I don't that. know. I, th- I think predominantly it was in Africa at one point, but like it's it's kind of made an appearance here stateside in Europe. I guess there was a uh, there was an outbreak and a rave, and I'm just thinking, can you imagine anything worse than getting sick by listening to shitty techno music? Um, <laughs> but but like they they're trying to make a big case about like. Uh, how was it? Uh, Two hundred cases in twenty countries total, which averages out to ten cases. Yeah, it's just country. it's not that big of a deal. Well, and my concern: how do bananas play into this? Does that ward it off? Does that welcome it? I don't know. I mean, I hate bananas. I'm not sure how it's going to play in. Uh, I don't know. I it, it like with me, if, if the vaccine was banana, that's fine. But like, if it was like a banana flavored now or later, I would say no because banana flavored things never taste like banana. I just I just think a lot of people after these last two years, um, one way or another, I would say about 70 percent of all people are either are, are pretty scarred by the shutdowns and being away from people. Either you became Howard Hughes with the, the Kleenex boxes on your feet, but not the bank account, or you became <laughs> Alex Jones and you're paranoid about everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just I don't want that to be the same thing with this or anything else. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of tired not. of everybody being paranoid. Yeah, I am, too. You know, there's just there's so many conspiracy theories, too. You know, that plays into people's anxiety and everything. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you just you got to live your life and not worry. I mean, you want to be smart about things, of course. But, you know, if you're constantly worrying about what can go wrong, you'll never enjoy what's going right. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, if you have kids, I mean, I know you don't, but anybody listening that has kids, good luck trying to be a germaphobe. Yeah. Um, because they're going to, because this past week, man, uh, I, I know one of them gave me something and it was, uh, uh, that was, that was fun. That was great. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and, and really, too, I mean, if anything, yeah, it's great that people are cleaning their hands more. You know, that's one thing we've learned. But shouldn't we have been doing that already? <laughs> yeah. It makes you kind of wonder about what's been going on at restaurants. Yeah, secretly. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, so real quick, just kind of wrap up things, because I know you love the heat. I know you love uh, the sunshine down Florida and the occasional uh, drop in in Indiana. 
Uh, what does summer look like for one, uh, Kim Seals? Well, you know, down here, of course, it's it's like Indiana in the sense that it's very hot and humid. Absolutely. It's funny when people first move here, they're like, oh, I love the heat. I'll never get tired of the heat because nine times out of ten, they've moved here from somewhere cold. They're sick of the winters. That's what brings them to Florida. But then after a few years living here, it's funny. They become true Floridians and they're like, oh, I hate the heat, you know, and they don't want to be out when it's too hot. He cracks me up. But I mean, that's why I've got a pool. I would never live down here without a pool because even if you're out working in the yard, you get hot, jump in the pool cool off. Uh, The beach is always nice because in the summertime, it's not that busy. I mean, we have what down here, what we call season, and that's from about November through just right past Easter. And then that's when all the snowbirds go back north. So from now until, you know, the fall, it is, it's not as busy, though there are a lot more people living here now. There's so many people bought second homes and are living here. Um, But it's still, it's it's hot, you know. I think, I don't know, I've often wondered, people joke, like, oh, Florida, it's heaven's waiting room. Maybe the heat helps helps condition you in case you don't <laughs> don't go up, you go down when it's over. And it's like, whoa, this is cool. I've lived in Florida. I can handle hell. It's hot. No problem. But um, we, we, have, uh, we have love bug season, which happens twice a year. Are you familiar with love bugs? Love, no, I'm not. Love bugs? Yeah. Love bugs. We have those here. It's a real thing. You can Google it. Uh, we have them. There's two seasons in Florida for love bugs. It's usually in the spring and the fall. I think it's in May and September. But yeah, they're they're, they're they don't hurt you, but they they're everywhere, and they are simply that bugs that are having uh, coitus. Can we say that? And. Um, <laughs> I don't think your kids will know that word, but no. um, yeah, the problem is they get all over, like you're driving, they're all over the front of your car, you know, and it clean them off of pain. So people hate them, but they, they don't really hurt you and they don't, they don't last that long. But yeah, we see those twice a year that I never dealt with in Indiana. But, and down here, the crazy thing too, is it's like Jurassic Park. There's so many wild animals everywhere. Um, right. And then the plants grow, you know, 365 days a year. So it is like living in Jurassic Park a little, but, you know, the view is better. So. <laughs> right. And less chance of being eaten, I would think. Yeah. That's so, yeah. But no, I love the beach, love the water. You know, I work full time, so I don't get to get to the beach and enjoy it as much as I'd like to. That's the, the problem. You move here and people think, oh, you go to the beach every day. No. I, I My office, you know, is so close to the beach, but I, <clears throat> I don't get over there that much because I'm working. It seems like when I have time, then it's either cloudy or rainy or too damn hot or something. But yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. The only thing I don't like, I wouldn't say the only, but one of the one things I miss about about Indiana that I that I hate here is the tomatoes. Can't find good tomatoes down here. That's one thing. Never underestimate and certainly always appreciate homegrown Indiana tomatoes. They are the best. Just had them on a burger. They're great. Uh, one last question because you brought up the heat down there. And my uh, my sister, I think she lives just north of Tampa. Uh, her and her husband have a fireplace in their house. Do you have a fireplace? And what? You do? I do. And, you know, I'm the, probably the only one in this whole neighborhood that has one. When I bought the house and I saw it, I'm like, this is unusual, but I do. I have one, and I have a fire pit outside, and I have a fireplace inside. The fire pit makes sense because, like, uh, you know, yeah. at night, you know, you, you want to, like, roast marshmallows and drink around it. I can get that. But 
What, when do you fire up the fireplace in uh, in Florida, like when it drops below 70? Or Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's all relative. It's what you get used to. You know, down here, it's funny. People, it gets to be 70, and they're like, brr, I'm chilly. You know, I like it when it turns cooler because it reminds me of home. I always love fall in Indiana. So when it's cool, I like to sit down on my lanai, drink my coffee in the morning. But, yeah, I haven't used the fireplace inside, but maybe three times. I've got I've got wood in it for looks. But, I uh, matter of fact, I even have a KFC log. You ever seen those? You burn it, it smells like fried chicken delicious oh my god <laughs> now, I true story place in my house yeah god well uh, yeah Kim, certainly you don't really need it but it's it's fun if nothing else it reminds me of home all right well uh, yeah because you used to live in a kfc <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh kim i appreciate you joining us here uh on uh this memorial day weekend and uh, enjoy the pool enjoy the non-season and hopefully uh, you don't see too many tours between now and Labor Day. Right. And until next uh, next week, everybody else, uh, stay You've fresh. been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash MDavidsonLives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at DavidsonLives.